This experience is best with headphones. This is a program in partnership with Open and Clear Broadcasting. For more information and additional programs, visit us at openandclear.com. For any questions you would like us to focus on, comments about the show, inquiry about advertising with us, or just want someone to talk to, please visit us there at openandclear.com. Hello, Barb. How's it going today? Good, Good morning, Devin. Good, can, fine, lovely. Can you hear me okay? Right. okay. Yes. You, you probably hear me through the computer as well. I think I'm hearing. <laughs> From me? Mean? Well, I'm hearing some sort of echo. It's not a big deal. I think it's from you. I don't know for sure. Could be for me. I, I set things up a little differently today, but hopefully it's not me. I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Do, do you still hear it? I turned the mic on the computer down. No, that I do not hear it, so it sounds good. But I did a few things, too, so I don't know if it was me or you. <laughs> That's okay. Oh, so. Good, fine, lovely. <laughs> like that I've been thinking about the idea that everything is a projection yeah okay I remember and when I was first taught kind of what projection meant by spirit it's like well imagine you cut off your hand and you throw it out there. <laughs> you think it's not a part of you anymore. And opposed to an extension, which is just reaching your arm out. Mm, and we think we see it. Oftentimes when <clears throat> like when a trauma first happens to my body, say I break a bone, and then it's like you don't feel it at first. It's, I guess it's like it didn't register yet. And then when I check my body and I go, okay, is anything broken? And I start feeling it or... And then I feel that, oh, yeah, there's something that isn't the same as it used to be. Does then the pain often? comes. <laughs> then the pain comes. Well, it could be anything, right? It yeah. could be where I cut my finger or... So the idea of getting curious about, about why... Is, is asking the question, okay, well, why, what is this? Where have I seen it before? Mm -hmm. 
And then the other idea that if I think I'm seeing it in my brother, then it's really in myself. That's the idea of projected guilt, right? So if I think I'm seeing guilt outside myself, then it's really inside myself. And and so that's what it's for. Yeah. You know, a funny thing about drugs, let's for, say for an example, like uh, cannabis for me, even though this has nothing to do with it, uh, it's interesting how when I think it's just in my head, it, it it seems as if I could be embarrassed, you know, and let's say I'm in public and I, I'm saying and talking to people differently than I normally would. And <laughs> I could be embarrassed in that way. <clears throat> but if I recognize, like... It's there's actually a state that changes, even something as quick as using cannabis or any other form of drug, really, that not only, you know, is it through my perception alone, but actually everybody is influenced by it. And not just through my actions and how I talk differently or act differently. But that's, you know, other people are, you know, the so, supposed contact high, that they call it, mm. um, is just a, an attempt to explain or, or to put it off to say that it's still the drug that's doing it. But let's just assume that, you know, the drug really didn't do anything anyway. And that there was a change of mind. And it actually perceives by its its choice, a wholly different experience with these other people. You want to say, oh, well, you're just on drugs. Of course, you're going to see people differently. You're going to see them act differently. But it's, it's so much in the way that other people actually are in a, a state of high or act differently as well. And, you know, you're not completely aware of their thoughts, so it seems as if, you know, it's different. And so to make that in kind of an example of how it is when you change your mind, you literally start seeing other people act differently and, and seem differently as well. So in what you were saying about this, this guilt, uh, it is quite literally impossible for someone to, someone out there or in here, to feel guilt if you have changed your mind about that reality, if you have decided that that really is impossible. And, you know, it's not just like saying that's impossible. It's actually, in my mind, and some people say it's, you're never going to get there by analyzing it. But I have, <laughs> and it is possible to actually analyze yourself into it no longer uh, actually having any power. And that's kind of the belief and the practice of Zen koans, for an example, is that you can actually think your way into non-thinking. And it's the same thing as 
You know, you can feel your way into no longer feeling or say guilt. And so it's a, it's, it's kind of tricky, but uh, everything that is upside down and backwards isn't so much the thing you're thinking about, but how you're thinking about it. You know, like guilt has a presence, a place, that there's something about it. It's not something that you need to just eliminate because the truth of it is real. The truth of what guilt is is meant to be there, but it's not guilt that you think it is. So that's where the flipping is. That's where the turning or changing of perception actually occurs is when you recognize that the all-encompassing presence is actually still there and the joke or lie of seeing it as something else is not. Right. Mm. Well, the, what I, there is a way that we are in the world and we, what I, I may be confused about this, but it seems as though what you're talking about, first of all, was Mm, that there's like a collective consciousness where if my husband is or someone that's close to me is altered their reality in some way and because of the proximity of our you know my perception is that he's closer to me and literally he is closer to me in uh, my awareness and so if he's and I've actually experienced this where because I've been sober now for almost a year uh, from Hmm. marijuana cannabis and so when he has done something like that or maybe had been drinking a lot I literally can feel it Mm -hmm. and Maybe not all the time, but if I'm sending my spirit out after it or my perception, my projection, then I will notice it more. And then I go, oh, okay, what is this? It feels familiar. And then spirit says, well, it's not necessarily you. But So it's like trying to remove myself from myself. Yeah, we can, um, we can talk about it like as if it's energy and it's all this connection and naturally processing through our system that, you know, in proximity, uh, the energy is transferred from place to place and person to person. And so you feel that energy. And that's the same with guilt. You know, people talk about, oh, this rain cloud over this dark cloud over this person is eventually going to get you wet if you're near them and all this stuff. But it's it's not so much, I mean, that's helpful, and that's the po- purpose of the Holy Spiritual Universe is to th- assist in comprehending the reality of it. But the reality comes back to consciousness being not just a connection, not just a landscape of a network system, but the actual 
that that actually represents the unity of that consciousness. So you can even see the dimensions that we go through, you know, physical third dimension and the fourth dimension that perceives it as separate, and then the second dimension that still perceives, you know, he's still if if his energy is far enough away, I'm not going to be influenced. It so he's still separation, but then it's in the processing of of recognizing eventually that that consciousness is where the problem is and the solution is as well uh, of recognizing that unity at the very beginning of all time and all existence and separation mm. so it would it be that what the course talks about is it's a cry for love so then it's not really the action that I and I and so the next maybe the next layer or level would be where I see it not as a threat or um, out of my control, which you know that's like oh how could you do that? It's out of my control, but it really isn't. Yeah. It's um, it's put there for the purpose, the sole purpose of healing, and so then it would be a cry for love where I'm not um, in an altered state of consciousness or I have the ability to be grounded and and I'm practicing grounding my spirit so it, all forms of illusion are the same right so it's just another illusion do not be distracted by the illusion see it as a cry for love whatever it is even if I hurt myself, it's a cry for love. What is this for? What am I supposed to get? Or, you know, um, yeah. how can I bring my attention back? Call my spirit back. Yeah. Tell me what is this for? If you're, and then apply. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. And apply love. Yeah, that's good. Perfect. Yeah, if your idea of seeing a call for love it means that you're going to bring love and you're going to apply love and make sure that love is present then, then I would agree that that's exactly what you should be seeing. But if you mm. see, like some people see a call for love as, you know, almost a reason to, to escape or to get out or to leave or something, then that's a misunderstanding of what it, where the call for love is. For the call for love, even just to be able to recognize it, even though we see it in other people, it's really in my awareness and perception of that other people. Uh, that right. it's, you know, if I had complete and utter, utter and only awareness of love, I would never, ever see a call for love. It would be impossible. So that means that I am learning and exceeding my understanding of, you know, still in this divided idea of uh, expressing love or, you know, calling for love and all this stuff and seeing that there's different situations. But then, you know, if, if the lesson is to eventually be only present in seeing love, then that's, I mean, that's, that's perfect. That's exactly what what the lesson that God would have us learn here is, and that's what is the required course that A Course of Miracles is all about. And that's, you know, eventually to recognize that it is, you know, all the same, and that is quite literally the presence of love. 
Mm, that is a really good uh, explanation uh, sure. because <laughs> how it works is then for the in my experience is okay. Don't see it as a fearful thought. Turn it around and how can I apply love in this situation? And I don't know how. And that is what the learning is. I suppose that it's just accepting what is, is one way of looking at it. And say, uh, I, okay, say someone is lying to me. And I say, okay, the first, first time they lied to me, I think, oh, that's wrong. And then the second time they lied to me, I just go, hmm, well, and then it, it's helpful because then it helps me to turn within and go, all right, my use discernment, what, is this really what's going on? And then, and then say it happens again, then I gradually, I come around to, well, I'm just going to leave it at that and there and I'm coming around to don't send my spirit out after anything that they're saying and just leave it because I'm asking them what you're saying is that I'm asking them literally to lie to me. Yeah. So think of uh, the story of Jesus and Judas and he literally asked him in that sense to betray him and he said you'll do it three times you know and this was before it happened and it, if he knew that it would happen you know it, it you know or knew that it did happen instead you know that would he be surprised that's more in the position of being in in the story timeline kind of experience but jesus was aware of outside of the story timeline and brought it in and said, you know, I, I read ahead. You know, I, I know what's going to happen. Uh, you're going to betray me. You're going to do it three times. And and I'm sure Judas said, oh, crap. No, I don't want to do that. So he's like, yeah, 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 you say that. And it's not a big deal. Uh, it, I need you to. I need you to stick to the plan. You know? And, and it's not so much anything about guilt. It's not, not anything about uh, being wrong or anything. It, it was necessary as everything that happens is necessary for the fulfillment of this plan. And, you know, it's debatable on what, you know, actually happened was required or anything like that. But that's not the point. And it's, it's more of the fulfillment of just simply what we are doing in our lives as having an answer to the question and having all these different perspectives of our lives and, and everything. But if you can see outside and be aware of Christ above the battleground, there won't be any surprises anymore. You know, it's everything that's done every lie that's said is part of that script and and you're nothing but grateful for it for it is quite literally a representation or the manifestation or in these words an expression of love always and this idea that there's something else is not true 
It, this is the whole fulfillment of simply a processing of our lives. There is no and never was an actual presence that we call the ego. It is simply the, the fear of the fulfillment of the plan. And, and that doesn't actually exist. The plan and the written out script is going to happen anyway. So you might as well read ahead and enjoy the ride because it's inevitable that you remember uh, and that we come back to the truth of ourselves. Mm. Yeah, so it, it wasn't, may I, it wasn't as though Jesus wrote that script. The script was already written by God, yeah. but because God and Jesus were one, him and the, he, I and my father are one, then there were no surprises, and he saw the script, and he trusted so much in his father and yeah. God that it is like, and then it becomes, we become, say, more powerful in our um, beingness because we understand what it's for. What is it for? It's for my healing. It's for the healing of the world. Somebody's got to do it. Yeah. And we can clarify that uh, even how it fits into A Course in Miracles that to say God made the plan and everything is somewhat of a stretch because some people don't like the idea as they say God doesn't even know anything about your plan or anything about your world and your dream and all this stuff. So mm. to clarify uh, the aspect of what is the Christ consciousness is the one that has developed it, these universes and these worlds and, and all these different timelines and experiences. And that aspect, that Son of God, the true Son of God, is what most people refer to as the Creator and, and as God. Uh, and it is united with the source of the reality in which its only awareness is God and itself and its Son. Um, and, and so to say, yeah, Jesus, the body, the person, you know, it, which I was slandered for saying, uh, it's as dead as anybody, any other body is. Um, it's just uh, the Christ that is, even as present in you and me and everyone, it was as present in Jesus. It was simply that he was letting go of that fear or had that process of letting go of that fear to then identify and recognize that essence of that creator that quite literally that christ presence within him that is one with god and with us now yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> it's not as if it's you know some sort of presence or some sort of being that is here when we you know two or more gather it's the fact that when two or more gather that then it is possible to see because just like in i can look into an endless field and really not 
completely identify that I'm a body. But once I see, say, even go in front of a mirror, then I'm aware of what I am. And that's the same thing with another person, is that they are actually a mirror of what I am. And so this idea that God walked in the garden with Adam, it, it wasn't until God literally walked away and came back as Eve that the whole story changed. <laughs> and that's to refer again to the Son of God, the creator of the experience. The authority problem. Uh, I mean, yeah. Um, I'm just curious which part is... Well, what was... What do you mean? <laughs> well, the, the rub for me is that we we want to be the creators right and it's sort of funny because we oh, yeah. are the creators but we're not the creators yes. because we have free will and so it's funny because we it's 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 definitely tricky yeah yeah it's just <laughs> like well okay well we are the creators but are we willing to take responsibility for all of it that's the question yeah. I have to ask myself. Okay, I only want to be responsible for the good stuff. Say, uh, I only want to be responsible when I create something beautiful. <laughs> um, I'm not so happy when I create something that is really bothering me, some relationship that's very much bothering me, and I, and, and I get stuck in it. Yeah. Say it's like quicksand, you know, how am I going to get out of this quicksand? <laughs> Sometimes I wonder, well. Well, you can think of it in a fashion of how, how would you be given something different if you, you know. So this is something I, I do with my son as well, which is funny how it reflects, is that if he doesn't, you know, eat that something... I'm not going to give him something else to eat, you know, until he eats that, then I, and is grateful for that, then I can give him a, co a cookie. He's not going to get a cookie unless he eats that sandwich or whatever. Uh, and so it's kind of like every situation. It's like until you're grateful and that meaning actually use and fulfill the purpose of one situation, you're not going to be given another situation <laughs> until you hmm. find the lesson that it has been offering you. And you're just simply going to be given maybe another seemingly situation of bodies, but the same lesson comes along with it. And then you're going to want out of that as well in the same way until mm -hmm. you actually start recognizing that it's about this lesson, not about, you know the situation and that is to be and find that gratitude for that creation and creator Ooh, so perfect because that is exactly what i'm starting to do is say okay well i may not like this situation but not i find myself less and less fooled and meaning fooled meaning caught up in the drama 
of it and say and recognize, well, I've stopped myself from doing that. And then it reduces the fear. And I've also said in this part in the course where it says that all events or all things are happening for like the greater good. I don't know the exact yeah. quote, but that's what it is. So all events and everything that's happening is happening for my healing. Yeah. And so the but the, it's only in the judgment of the ego where that isn't true. Yeah, and and the fact also that healing is only required in the ideas of the ego as well. It's like you were saying yeah, something we, about we, we, we're the creator and yet we're not the creator and the authority problem and this and that. It's like in, in the grand scheme of things, it's more the idea of the one that is that can use lips and can't walk through walls and can't move mountains and can't develop planets and can't just fly to the next town and whatever... Uh, is not the creator. Uh, that's the idea of the first-hand experience, where Barb and Devin is the first-hand experience of the, the becoming creator, you know, becoming aware of creator. And so we're on this journey, and that's the only presence that, you know, is required at, at certain times that to develop this ego experience. Uh, when... When I came into the physical presence of the world, I developed this ego on purpose when I was searching for uh, an audible voice and a friend to protect me from pain and fear of death and all these ideas that were required to, in order to have the physical experience. And the fact that I saw others speaking and others in shape, also did I have to take that form of speak and shape and and so it was in that reflection but it, as this idea progresses and as we're in the position that we are now we are moving out of you know that course and limitation now into this course of limitlessness and you can't take a course in miracles if you haven't taken a course in uh, physical laws and miracles are completely impossible or limitation. And so that was required of going down into the nothingness or no power. And we're now moving out into all power. And, you know, to say it's only in the physical world is to misunderstand it. Uh, but it goes into these 10 dimensions of reality that eventually it is the knowledge of the totality of all universes beyond universes beyond time and space in which there is that actual knowledge of there is only God. Or, you know, that was the purpose of this third and fourth dimensional experience was completely forgetting everything and actually wanting to remember even just a little bit <laughs> that willingness. Mm. I, yeah, that is, you want to know about inter eternity, then go out and look at the ocean and you'll see just a little bit of it. You want to know what infinity is? Look up at the stars. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, we have and a even, question here in the, in the room. Yeah, I often get into this description, description, a description of of the dreams of reality as these ten dimensions of reality. It makes everything make sense. It's just something I speak about, but it involves, you know, it's all mind, body, and spirit, and thrice fold. And the, the beginning is the same as the end, and everything makes absolutely perfect sense to me with its understanding. And especially when you experience alternate realities, I can tell you exactly what dimension it is. And every religion talks about uh, different aspects of different dimensions, uh, about what is after death and before death, and why reincarnation is possible, and and why it's not true at the same time, why there is no God at the exact same time as there is God and everyone is God, and every, every possible option of all universes upon universes. And it was through a death experience of myself in which this became revelatory, as I would say I experienced seven alternate dimensions of space and time. So uh, that includes the Christ consciousness is the first dimension and God is what would be the zeroth dimension. Okay, a little bit of explanation there. What do you have to say about that, Barb? You were saying something before I... Oh, uh, well, no, and what's the beautifulness of it, what I hear you saying, um, is how we can experience all those things yeah. in this dimension or this reality because we're all realities and we're all dimensions yeah. right here right now mm -hmm. I was thinking of uh, homeopathic medicine is like that it, homeopathic medicine you know is based on you have the thing within you now maybe it's just a grain of sand and so then they get a grain of that same sand to awaken that part in you that needs healing. It's very small, yeah. the little doses that they give you, but it repeats. There's a lot of repetition in it. Hmm. Yeah, I heard that homeopathics are uh, watered down uh, 20 times of something that apparently could actually help. I, I don't know exactly the details about it, but it's a fun idea. But that's definitely a word you need in there is to, it's simply just a, a little nudge to awaken that aspect in you. And that's, it definitely makes it make more sense. <laughs> yeah. When I work with my energy worker, I was telling him how I was taking an Epsom salt bath to try and leach out of my body some whatever I was putting in there, thoughts, poisonous thoughts. And then I was reading on the thing, Epsom salts, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and it could be used as a laxative. And then I said that to him. He said, oh, but that's so harsh. You know, there's so many different ways of doing this awakening process, and but I guess I'd like the gentle way, and it my way isn't seemingly the gentle way. However, it 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 is what it is, and so gentle or harsh or however I want to describe it. Yeah. 
Sometimes it's we like happen. we like ripping <laughs> the bandaid off. You know, I, I like doing that. I don't I don't want to sit there with alcohol and you know trying to rub the, a little part of the bandaid off and you get a little bit more and a little bit more and <laughs> you know that that's that hurts in its own right. You know, you get alcohol on the wound. <laughs> it's just another another way. You just rip it off. You know, and we we kind of talk about the dreams of of these dimensions and everything and how they're all really paradoxical to another and it does seem possible to do that that harsh idea of just ripping the band-aid off you know waking up the child as of course miracles talks about it uh that it's you know in, instead we of turning on the light and and scaring the child and instead we just rub their back and just say, hey, wake up, wake up, you're dreaming. And it's it's more of a, a gentle way about that. But, you know, as as we have been designed in this physical presence and in this ego idea, uh, we definitely want to just jump off the cliff. <laughs> we just, no, wake me up, just get me out of here. And it's it's funny because there is no out of here. And that's kind of the trick is is that the ego idea is actually the development of looking at heaven uh, and seeing something else, <laughs> seeing something that's not there. And just, just like what we were talking about earlier about guilt, is that guilt doesn't actually exist. There's a presence of love, the reality of love, and pretty much if you're trying to get rid of it or anything, you're trying to get rid of love. It's the misunderstanding that it's not love and thinking that it's something else is where the actual solution is and where where you can actually bring about the experience of experiencing that love again and, and recognizing God there. And ultimately, that's what the purpose of every dimensional experience, every dream is about is are you going to think it's about you and think about your world and think about your laws or are you going to recognize it's all God? When you recognize it's all God, then you can completely, you know, in this, in using dream terms, <coughs> are you going to recognize it's all the dreamer? When you recognize it's all the dreamer, then you can, you live lucidly and you live in a totally different type of experience that can move mountains, that can walk through walls, that can do anything. It chooses uh, it simply by what it thinks. And until you're responsible for saying, I own this sandwich, I'm going to eat this sandwich, only then can you have a cookie, <laughs> to go back to that metaphor. Well, and then pretty soon I, I recognize the wisdom in eating the sandwich, and I recognize that it really is for my healing and I love the sandwich, and I love the way I love what I be believe it's doing for me. Well, it know, has mayo I, and mustard. Are you okay with that? And pickle? <laughs> and give me the meat of it, too. I want the meat yeah, of it. Too. Well, everybody loves that. <laughs> and then I love it because I love myself, and so I'm going to eat that with love loving myself and nurturing myself and same I'm becoming better at not that there is a better but I'm becoming more accepting 
of processing the uncomfortability of it instead of saying, Oh, I just wish I was dead. And, you know, offing myself or whatever. But if I wish I was dead, then to go through the resistance and the, the feeling, and then it brings me to God. It just brings me to spirit. And then I have this really great conversation with spirit. You know, I can, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. There's no real rush. You know, we like to make it seem like, you know, I need to save time. I got to get out of here and so on. And it, it makes it, you know, seem urgent. And even if that is a lifetime of saving or you know, even just done in a lifetime and then we get out or something. But we ha- we know in our truth that there is absolutely no rush. I mean, we have this thing called eternity, and it is endless, endless. We know it's it's been endless already, you know. We've been billions and billions of so-called years, and, you know, we're like, no, let's take our time here. This, is, this isn't that bad. <laughs> we're not just a rock like before. That was... That was torturous. And, uh, you know, and so we know, you know, let's just keep it going. Let's just play. It's okay. It's okay. You know, and, and just a little step to change it to bring about another experience. And then a little step to change it, bring about another experience. You know, and we have these, you know, we, we think it's taken forever, but even our lifetime isn't even even a, the size of a pinpoint or even a, one molecule within that pinpoint uh, on this, uh, lack of better words, timeline of eternity. Uh, it, it's, it's simply just something, you know, what we're doing. And, you know, as far as the plan goes, it's simply, hey, we're going to go from this point to this point, and that's going to be fun. And we got to go all the way up and down this point, And and so here it is. Let's do it. Okay. And then we get first-hand experience. We're, we we go into this point of complete forgetting, naked little body of whatever, and don't even know what's going on, and you barely see, right? And you can't even feel, and you, you get thrust into this this experience of physicality, and you're like, whoa! You can't even think of whoa. You're just screaming, and... You know, and, and then we're going to get to that point eventually of whatever that point was and when we save that point. And, and, you know, but we don't have anything to worry about because it's inevitable that it is going to play out and it's going to, and we might as well enjoy the ride instead of suffer through it. Enjoy the mustard on the sandwich. Hmm. Enjoy the song. Let my self-experience, I'm, I'm just thinking of that 21 Pilot song, and, and uh, taking my time on the ride. Mm-hmm. And another song came to mind when you were talking earlier about, it was, uh, what's the name of that Something group? good. <laughs> It's funny, I'm, uh, I'm not entirely up to date on, on music and songs. Um, I like to just not listen to anything and then one day listen to stuff and be like, whoa, where did this song come from? <laughs> it's like already <laughs> old. And, and it's like, yeah, that's it's speaking my mind right there. 
<laughs> I hear a lot of good music on in Lynn just is amazing when it comes to music, at least in my opinion. Yeah. But, and so I hear a lot of music here on on ACM Gather that I've enjoyed. I'm excited. I have a conversation with Lynn later today, this evening, which is seven o'clock Mountain Standard Time, nine o'clock Eastern. And uh, we might be doing it on Fridays after this, but I'm, hopefully, if it works out, we're going to be starting a conversation continuous, a lot like what you and I do here. That, and I'm excited about that. See what happens. <laughs> mm. I wanted to express my gratitude for the people that are in this room and not in this room and just the whole connections of the people and mm -hmm. all the people that I've met through being at ACM gather um, and how we're all so interconnected through our faith and not that this is yeah. a faith based or religion yeah, per no se. Yeah. It's, who cares? it's just, we are all interconnected and I'm, expressing my gratitude for all that and yeah yeah I'm really grateful uh, for it all and I was thinking you know it's funny just yesterday I was thinking oh what I'm I'm kind of in the younger side generation of this whole room and mm -hmm. everything it's what happens when everybody dies off <laughs> You know, and then we get in that, well, death, what are you talking about? You know? <laughs> but, there is no death, right? Again, and, physically mm -hmm. and everything. We, we got we to gotta get a new generation going in, in here. Yeah. Mm, Keep it going. I try with my daughter and I even try with my friends. And they're like, well, Barb, I know that the course is really important to you, um, but I'm not in it. Okay, I'm not part of that club. <laughs> so yeah. I've let it go. Yeah. Let it go. And I try with my daughter too, and she, I don't know, she just, she's too busy. We're, we're, they're too, they have the authority problem, right? It's, mm. it's, it's just, they're happy with being who they are and they need their own experience they'll come to it everybody does yeah well it's true a lot of people you know later in their life they've gone down the road of of business and relationships and you know they sought and didn't find over and over and over again and, and continued searching and and then a lot of people down the road later on in their life, possible experiences of of death or something, and, and it opens up their eyes to different possibilities, especially when we're confronted with death. We're like, oh, you know what? <laughs> Everything I've uh, earned in my life is, is completely meaningless. Oh, man, I have to figure out something else. <laughs> And, and then people start looking, you know, what resonates with them. So, uh, you know, in that sense, uh, you know, don't have to be concerned about 
uh, it not lasting or, or the generations to come because as that is all written out, you know, if the end of the universe doesn't come first, then everybody's going to start searching for it, as mm. we all do. Find the some attraction. sort of religion that works with us. Yeah. yeah. The attraction of death when there is no death. So there is, for instance, you were saying that there is no escape. And so when I recognize that and I look back on my accomplishments and my strifes and struggles, I remember what I remember the most and what have being in this room has helped me is I remember the most of when spirit was always there with me and guiding me. Even since I was eight years old, I remember that. And then spirit has taken the liberty because I've been willing to see it of showing me even when I was younger how spirit is always there and literally is me at that yeah. part of me that aspect of myself well, and that, the free will that age of accountability is what it's called in the Mormon faith in which I was raised in um, it, it actually is a point in which you know you actually developed and became in the physical world completely and so then you have that spiritual guidance instead of that spiritual friend or imaginary friend as many would call it and uh, which was a different experience so the thing about when you get a new idea like the physical world you naturally project onto all of your past being physical so once you reach that point of coming completely into the physical world even after you were supposedly were born in it and lived years and years in it you then look at your past where you actually had many spiritual friends and you were still completely aware a little bit of the spiritual universe and angels now it's just bodies And you don't see, even in your past, how present you were in that Garden of Eden and how present you were, you know, and how how you've had people, spirits following you around, helping you, helping you get into this. They're all just erased in this aspect so that you can be now. It's like, okay, you're ready. We have to go now. And you won't even remember the goodbye (laughs) and it's kind of like that idea and then now getting completely embraced into the physical experience uh, completely in it there's there's real no awareness of other things and that's you know we need that we need that so that we can choose to come out of it we have to remember or experience complete separation so that we can make a true decision of our heart, let's say, or a true decision of what we really want. Do we want separation? Yeah, do you do you want to go to hell and be hell and experience hell and suffering all the time? Or do you want happiness? Do you want love? Do you want heaven? You know, if we really do want it, that call, as you mentioned, is, you know, and that draw is naturally pulling us and it's pretty much inevitable that we do choose one over the other and being that heaven idea 
Uh, and as we look about in the world and we think people are choosing hell and choosing suffering and everything, it's still, as we call back to the beginning of this conversation, it's still that projection of that call for love or that projection of that idea that's still in my mind. So in other words, I'm choosing to see parts of myself or a percentage of my mind still chooses to think of myself or myself of hell as a phrase that I heard recently, can't quote the exact book, but it said that that Satan said or Lucifer said, it's better to rule in hell than to serve in heaven. And it's kind of that idea is like, I'd rather be my own little person ruling myself in complete separation than to you know, only God's will in heaven, you know, in, which is a complete misunderstanding of how it all works. But it's kind of that idea. Do I choose to be my own ruler or is, am I created by the constant ruler? You know, it's, it's that simple perception of mind and the recognition that no, all this, all anything that I see existing at all or, or any believe is all to the glory of God. It's always been God. It hasn't been me. Or I have that choice. It's me. I make the world. I make my experience. Me, 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 me. <laughs> ah, it's perfection unfolding. And when I'm listening to you talk, I just think of how many things I've owned and how when I was done with them, you know, I was really done with them. I let them go. And how I, how, and now they're out of my awareness. They're out of my consciousness. And it's funny how when I came to the realization and I started thinking more about my spiritual life and my soul and my spirit within me and the Christ consciousness and how there is another way of being in the world, how all those experiences came back. And, and then I could recognize that really the author- I have an authority problem. Okay, hello, I have an authority problem. And I, how okay. I, I'm like, oh, and then I can go through the forgiveness of, oh, and how beautiful spirit just welcomes me, the prodigal son story, you know, welcomes me home and is rejoiceful and it's it's only me that has any remorse and how easily the remorse is gone i can let it go like mm-hmm. an item like an old pair of shoes just let it go let them go let Throw it them go in the... let go <laughs> let, let put them in the landfill you know let them build houses on top of it and then it goes on and on and and I think that's what it really is, just letting it go. Yeah, and, it, you know, it's funny that you bring up things because I've definitely had my share of things I wanted so much in my life, you know. You know you're so anxious for Christmas Day because you want that present or that thing that, you know, I, I've always wanted a bike or something, and you, you want it so much that you're, you're, like, willing to die to get it. and And then you have it for years, and... And you're riding it, and you have your share of cuts and bruises from it. And then, you know, it's absolutely nothing. 
to simply let it go. It's like you you had your share of rides, and to let something go is simply the next step. It's just a natural experience. You know, it's, yeah, you wanted this body, you wanted to experience separation in that same sense, uh, and and you wanted it so bad. I mean, it was, <laughs> and we refer to it is Christmas Day, and you. <laughs> And get what you want, and you now you're on this ride, and some of us taking many different rides and many lifetimes, and you know that inevitable required course is still going to happen, and you know the course of miracles is it is inevitable that we eventually realize who we are and what we are, and that we don't care to take that ride on that bike again or anymore. You know, it's just gonna fall away oh thank you so much for reminding me i made a a connection when you were talking about christmas day and Mm -hmm. how christ is the true gift the christ mind is the true gift would i want that bicycle when i was a child yeah i always wanted a pony or a horse and that one thing and i never got it and here I was given the two gifts, the Christ mind, but I wasn't in a position when I was a child because I was so invested in the world. Oh, this world's going to give me that pony and I'll ride away into yeah. the sunset. <laughs> now be happy, just mm-hmm. me and my horse. And I didn't even want a saddle. And yeah. Or I can have <laughs> the Christ mind. But I I, you know, Christ was a baby. I didn't know about Christ. Christ was my equal. <laughs> Christ was just this little baby. What could he do? <laughs> and now I, I so much appreciate what you're saying, that Christ is the gift on Christmas Day. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, we wouldn't appreciate that gift if we also didn't completely forget about it. And that's kind of this experience of this life is, the complete forgetting of a truth or that Christ consciousness and then being and eventually receiving that gift when we recognize its value, when we recognize that's what we want. So in this moment, I choose the, the willingness and the desire and to emphasize that within me for that expansion and for that truth of what Christ consciousness truly is. And I pointed out today and I emphasize in my experience today I choose to let go of the petty things of the world simply letting them go and forgiving them and forgetting these decisions and choosing I choose how you see me God I choose the reality in which you recognize me as help me to see give me the eyes to see this today I desire Uh. thee Amen. (laughs) Ah, beautiful. Amen, Devin. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for joining me, and thank you all for joining us. I'll be back in an hour or so. And also, if you want to contact Barb or I, please visit openandclear.com. Have a beautiful day. Mm.